Thank you so much. <clears throat> it's wonderful to be here. I've heard lots about this church. I'm a good friend of Donna's, and so we've had some communication, and, and God moved Donna out on into another assignment, and so God's in the moving business, amen? And so I've been, had a wonderful um, time here this weekend, and just thank you to the leadership, and it's really been good getting to know you. I just want to advertise some products before I start. I feel that God is taking this um, church into a period of time, a time period of fasting and prayer, and so this is a little book. It's a bestseller that I wrote. It's got amazing testimonies of what happens when we fast and pray, and there's somebody here today who's struggling with your child. There's a testimony in here of a a young man who was failing um, school, his maths, etc. And his his um, mother fasted for him for a year, and he became top of the class. So, <clears throat> and then um, this is a little book on faith for the impossible. And Jesus said, "When we, when he returns, will he find faith on the earth?" And you know, so often our faith is attacked, and my faith was attacked. Um, I had to fight for my life ten years ago. I was dying, and completely paralyzed from head to toe. These are all the principles that I use for God to literally raise me from the dead. And so my doctor has um, a forward in here. And uh, my previous past is the great-grandson of Smith Wigglesworth. So he and his mother have written in here as well. And then I have this little book, which I wrote, called Faith, Patience, and Personal Prophecy. And many of us, um, one of the biggest problems with prophecy is that we fail to um, understand the principles of how to see our word come to pass. So if you're struggling and you're disappointed, well, God spoke, but nothing's happening, this book will really help you. Amen. All right. So um, I want to minister today on the subject of the heart and Excuse me. Um, it's uh, the Bible says in Ephesians four verse sixteen that um, He has brought us all together um, as a body. He's joined us together that every joint should supply. And so today, church is not just about coming and receiving a word and leaving on a Sunday and um, coming back the following Sunday and just being. Um, here. Church is about every joint supply. And so God has created the body, has created the local church, has created this house that every joint should supply. So every person here this morning is part of the greater body that has life within them, that has the Holy Spirit within them, that has um, a ministry within them, that has a gift within them that every joint could supply. So I sense that God is going to take this, in, this house into a season where he's going to begin to speak to those that have been idle in terms of what do you have to supply to this house. Amen. For the house to grow and for the house to be established here in Swindon. The call of this house is great. And um, uh, the fact that it's called Gateway shows me that it is a gateway into the move of the Spirit in Swindon. 
okay? It's a gateway to the things of God and the resurrection, the, the thing that um, God has for this city, uh, Gateway Church is part of facilitating that move. And so for that move to take place, every joint has to supply. Um, but where the enemy often comes and he attacks us, is he attacks us in the area of our heart and our understanding of the seasons of the church, our understanding of the season in terms of what God has got for this house. And so as I've been here, I've been feeling that God is really working and he's in a sense relaying the foundation of the house because as um, Gateway comes into um, alignment, with uh, regions beyond, and Gateway aligns with the apostolic, and Gateway aligns with the prophetic. The Bible says that the house is built on the foundation of pro prophets and apostles. And so in these last days, it's not about the biggest church in the city that has the biggest band, that has the biggest building, the most numbers, etc. It's about churches that are rightly aligned to the biblical pattern found in the book of Acts and in Ephesians. And so Jesus being the chief cornerstone. So there are many churches in the city that have different callings, some to evangelism, some to um, perhaps discipleship, some um, have a, a strong counseling gifts, etc. But the most powerful churches and those that truly represent Jesus in these last days are those that are established on the foundation of apostle and prophet. And so when a church is established on these foundations, and this is what this house is going to be moving into in this next season, we begin to see the whole body coming together. And and we begin to see the other gifts, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, they all come into their right alignment simply because the foundation is right of apostle and prophet. And so no longer is there the striving, no longer is there the sense of, oh, we're not accomplishing too much, we're not, uh, the destiny of the church isn't made known, um, you personally aren't satisfied with what's taking place in the church. Um, why? Um, because the church hasn't been properly aligned. So when we find problems with every joint supplying, it's because there are wrong alignments. It's because foundations are perhaps wrong. And so um, in that time, God begins to deal with our, our, um, our attitudes. He begins to deal with our hearts. And, and so... I want to talk this morning a little bit about the heart and how God takes us through a process when he's realigning us, when he's establishing the house. You know, just as a business would have a certain um, call, would have a certain mandate, a house, a church has a certain mandate. And so in that time... Um, we have to be aligned, not just through our gifting, but we have to be aligned by our heart. 
We have to identify in the realm of the spirit exactly what is happening here, that this is the house I want to belong to. This is the house God has called me to. This is the house not just where my needs are going to be met, but where God's needs for this city and for this region can be met. Amen. And God needs each one of us. He needs you. He needs those that are outside. And each one has a contribution this morning to the growth of this house. But the attack very often comes on the heart. And Mark chapter 10, I'm not going to read there, but Jesus is speaking in verse 5 and he says, he describes the reason why we disconnect from one another. And disconnecting is on a very basic level. We disconnect relationally. We disconnect from the local church. We disconnect even from ourselves. And very often it's because of the hardness of the heart. And so when God moves um, the church into a new season or when he begins to navigate things differently, um, the first thing that we have to check is where does our heart lie? And so... Um, we look at every um, type of relationship. We look at relationships with parent and child. We look at relationship, marriage relationship. We look at relationship with parent and teacher. We look at um, relationship in terms of um, leadership and, and um, those that are not in leadership. Um, every type of relationship, the strength of that relationship is found in the condition of the heart. So... Um, I always think about marriage and divorce and that kind of thing. Um, nobody gets married to get divorced. <laughs> There's never that intention of getting divorced. Nobody comes and joins a local church with eventually the intention of rebelling and walking out the door. So somewhere between the beginning of the marriage and the divorce, whether it be in a normal marriage or whether it be in a local church situation, somewhere something's gone wrong. <laughs> and that's what we have to examine today is the process. Where has the heart gone wrong? What has the heart, what condition has the heart been changed from? And so he's, um, uh, uh, Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. And so that word issues is a very powerful word in the Hebrew, because it actually says, out of it flow the boundaries of life. And so when um, God puts boundaries on our emotions, he put boundaries on our heart, it's for our own protection. So what would break the boundary of the heart this morning? Well, we begin to become dissatisfied and we think, well, the pastor hasn't paid enough attention to me. Or um, this church only talks about money. Or this church is not going anywhere. Um, the services are too long. Um, I have no relationship with the leadership. And so what happens is the boundaries of love, joy, and peace are broken. 
And so the enemy removes us because the boundaries are broken. And then what he does is he takes us to the next house and we enter into that house with broken boundaries in our hearts. And he, we allow him, we give him every reason to be able to attack us in the next house because the boundaries of the heart are broken. It's the same with um, relational marriage problems or it's the same with parent-child problems. The boundaries are, are transgressed. And maybe the boundaries are transgressed because we don't understand the power of communication. Maybe the boundaries are transgressed because we don't understand the power of understanding. Anybody uh, ever heard of Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf? Mm -hmm. Okay, she's a South African. She lives in um, the United States and um, neurologist, well, studies brain um, science, etc. And she wrote an interesting article. She says, you know, many of us in relationships, we listen to one another, we hear one another with the, um, the purpose of hearing for me. We don't hear one another through the power of understanding. So if my pastor comes to me and he he has said to me, um, you have spoken out of turn there. I'm hearing him by the power of my heart, by what I want to hear. I haven't heard him through the power of understanding actually what he's trying to communicate. He's trying to communicate to me that what I've said has affected others. That what I've said prophetically has um, been in the wrong time. What I've said prophetically um, has been future instead of present. So we're not hearing through the power of understanding. We're hearing through um, the power of emotion. We're hearing through the borders of our heart being transgressed. And, and so... Um, the writer to the Proverbs is saying here, guard the heart, for out of it flow the issues of love. So this is very often the problem with parent and child when the child is so strong-willed and the parent says, you will not do that. And the child says, please, please. Instead of the child, the parent hearing the child through understanding, why is he wanting to do that? What's the problem here? Understanding the situation, understanding the heart of it. We often deal with situations through <clears throat> transgressed emotions. And so God is wanting to really um, bring about a change in, in the structure and the understanding of our heart today. And, and so um, when... <clears throat> we don't look after our hearts, okay, the heart dies and the heart becomes hardened and we become hardened to the things of God. We become hardened to one another. We become hardened to what God, <clears throat> excuse me, wants to do in our lives. 
because we've allowed our heart to die. And, and so this is the big problem with um, uh, relationships in the local church. Amen. So I want to say today that um, we have to look at, at um, church with a new understanding that God doesn't just want us to join a local church based on church membership. Because you see, you can be a member of the church, but your heart might not be in the local church. You can tell everybody, well, I'm a member of Gateway Church. I've been a member for 15 years, but your heart might never be there. So Jesus, when he chose his 12 disciples, he tested them and he said, well, go and sell all and come and follow me. If you think of that rich young ruler, he says, give away all that you have. He was actually testing the power of the heart there. Where did his heart lie? Did his heart lie in his riches? Did his heart lie in his job? Did his heart lie in his home? And so in these last days, it's the power of the heart that will keep us connected. And so this is why the scripture continues to say, guard your heart. There's so many influences against the heart. You know, um, it's very easy uh, with all this... Um, Christian television that we have. I've been in the hotel and I think there's 10, 10 channels and, and flicking through all these channels, there's so many different doctrines, there's so many different presentations and I think to myself, how confusing for those that are not connected to a local church. Will they ever be established? Will they ever grow into maturity? Never. Because their heart is not connected. And so the safety of the local church today and the power of the local church and the power of being connected through the heart is all for growth and maturity. And, and so the, 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 um, the power and the calling on this house today is great for this city. But God wants hearts that are connected. Amen. And so um, you can read Hebrews 3 verses 8 to 10. But it says here, do not harden your hearts in the day of rebellion. Just look at this, um, this move in, in London this week and rebellion, extinction, something like that it's called. And I think to myself, my goodness, how far have they moved? away from that which is accurate and that which is life-giving. And so this is all because of the power of the heart. You see, the heart wants its own way. And so um, Hebrews 3 verse 7 says that they go astray in their heart, they lose their way and they miss God. And the power of a heart that has gone astray and misses God is a heart that has to continually make amends. It's not a heart that acts out of rest. It's a heart that has to strive all the time. 
This, this move is all about um, getting my own way. I looked at the news this morning and says that they're being paid 400 pounds a day for these activists in London. This is about rebellion and my way. And so people will go to great lengths. Why? Because the power of the heart. Where does our heart lie this morning? Amen. And so it says in verse 11, they will not enter my rest. And when we are not acting in the power of rest, there's anguish and there's turmoil. See, so Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus said, I will build the marriage. Jesus said, I will build the home. I will build the relationships. Um, I will build the community. And it's, it's by our cooperation and every joint supplying, but it starts with the heart. And so there's a great destiny for this house here this morning. And then it says in Hebrews um, uh, eight, 3 verse 12, it says, they disconnect from the living God. So eventually it comes to a place where we're no longer connected and we are given over to those things that cause our that have caused our heart and influenced our heart to move astray. So television is a great influencer against the heart. For young people, music is a great influencer against the heart. Peer pressure is a great influencer against the heart. You know, we, pornography, all these things that we have is a great influencer against the heart. And it says in Proverbs 28 verse 14 that the heart hardens and it falls into calamity. So let's just quickly have a look and then I will prophesy. Um, what are the steps to a hard heart? Okay. How do you know today if the enemy has got hold on your heart, and how do you know if the boundaries of your heart are being transgressed, okay? First of all, you will find that the walls go up. Emotionally, you start to become detached. So your pastor might come to you and say, well, John, I want you to be involved in standing on the door at the hospitality ministry, and, and you know how much people need love when they, they come in through the door. Oh, no, no, that's not for me. I could never do that. And our heart becomes hardened. Instead of hearing through the power of understanding, people need that love when they come through the door. Okay? Second, we start to become very critical, and we have comments which are out of character. So you see, offense rises up and criticism comes and, and so we begin to say things, well, you know, gateway this and gateway that and, and um, I'm not so sure and, and we begin to say things out of character. When at one time we were the greatest advocates of Gateway Church. <laughs> we at one time, it, it, we longed to be here on a Sunday morning. We would come half an hour early and put out the chairs and, and suddenly our heart is disconnected. We become emotionally cold, we're critical. And 
Point three, what happens in that time is that we draw others around ourselves who hear our calls. And so have you ever heard of the telephone ministry? Well, did you know um, on Sunday morning, I'm phoning my best friend, this happened. And did you know that that happened? I was raised in a home and, and my parents were godly. Um, my father really loved God and we, we had a good example. But unfortunately on a Sunday at lunchtime, it was a, instead of it being a blessing and it being a, 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 a table that um, was, there was good communication, the table was all about criticizing the local church. <laughs> so I grew up with what I'm, I'm explaining to you today. And, and, and I, was, I grew up um, criticizing the church. And I remember one day a, um, a prophet came to me and I just started flowing in the, the prophetic. I was just um, recognized and ordained. And this prophet said publicly, he said, God is wanting a thankful heart for you, from you. And God is saying to you, get your heart right and get delivered of this criticism. And my mother is British, so I understand the British culture. <laughs> I understand the negativity. I was raised with it. And, and God really had to deliver me from a very, very critical heart and spirit. Literally had to deliver me. And today, I'm just so thankful that I'm able to write material on faith because with a critical heart, you cannot have faith. You cannot believe for greater things because criticism breaks the boundaries of the heart. And so I had to decide, and, and God showed me how to begin to thank him and to see the little things that were so good in front of me, and so he moved the, the condition of my heart from that which was so critical into a, um, a heart of thanksgiving, and I'm so grateful today because I wake up in the morning, and my, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, God, thank you for another day. Thank you for a day of victory today. Thank you that I have another opportunity to live life. Thank you that I can be part of regions beyond. Thank you that I can be here in Swindon. Amen. And so that, that kind of heart draws miracles. That kind of heart draws people to you. That kind of heart draws situations where God is able to move supernaturally. Because you see, our, the boundaries of our heart have been realigned. Point four, there's a common, there's a cooling towards common goals and we become lukewarm towards the local church. Number five, we become obsessed with self. And Proverbs 14, 14 says, the backslider is filled with his own ways. Okay, point six, we notice that small things become major things. Okay, well, there's no parking for me at that church. Somebody took my seat, you know. <laughs> okay. Sound familiar? <laughs> Point seven. We cut ourselves off and we isolate ourselves from those that disapprove of our decisions or our choices. So we cut ourselves off from those joints that were so life-giving. And we, we, we isolate ourselves. And isolation is a very difficult place. 
And then lastly, we make desperate sacrifices. Why? Because the heart has grown dull. So I want to encourage you today. I mean, this has maybe been a bit of a challenging message, but why am I bringing this? Is because God is, is taking this house into a new season. Amen. God is taking this house into a season of influence. The, the call on this house is to be of an influence in, and a strategic influence in this city. Amen. The call on this house is to build something that the government, that the local council can come to this house and say, um, we have found something here. Help us. Um, help us in terms of the, the um, corruption or the crime on the streets. Help us in terms of drug addiction. Help us in terms of prostitution. Help us with these social ills. And it's only the church that can do that. It's only the church that can change the spiritual atmosphere of a, a, a town. You see, why are these things allowed to carry on? It's because the church doesn't have an understanding of the influence in the city. The church doesn't have an understanding of the influence in business, in, in, in government. The church doesn't have an... Um, understanding of their influence even in education. Okay? We lack understanding. We lack so much understanding in this. And so this is a place today where every joint must supply. You might be saying to yourself, well, I'm just, I'm a 90-year-old, I'm a pensioner, what can I do? God can lay upon you the burden of prayer. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, we thank you. Maybe I could just have um, the gentleman playing the piano, if that's okay. Where are you? If there's anybody who could just play a musical instrument. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your grace upon us today. And Lord, we thank you that um, we can come and we can present our hearts before you. And in times of stress and in times of difficulty, God is saying to you today, present your heart before me and I will change your heart as the water course. God will direct your heart. He will put new desires in your heart. He will put new assignments, new, um, new um, vision within your heart. And so the Lord is challenging you today and he's saying, will you allow me to arrest your heart? Amen. Will you allow me to... Um, um, Will you give me your heart and let it be fully in this house today? Amen. Let it be fully aligned to this house. There's so much gifting here. There's so much grace. There's so much anointing. And, and, and we just thank you today. And so, Father, I thank you for Gateway. I just thank you today for, um, for Colin, Lord, and for Emma. Is Emma anyway?